Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Just stand on your feet. We're going to read one verse together and then we're going to jump straight into the message today. Is that okay? I know it's warm out there, but from 1 Peter, let's read this out, say it together. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Stay alert. All right, we'll do it together. Ready? Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Father God, I pray right now by the Spirit, your Spirit, that you would speak through me into the hearts and the souls of people. Lord, I pray right now that people's spirits would come alive today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys can take your seats. I'm fired up today, ready to rumble. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever heard this before, so if you're new to church, I apologize, um, but I don't apologize. But if you are a Bible-believing Christian, the reason I'm saying a Bible-believing Christian is because I'm meeting a lot of Christians who are not Bible-believing Christians anymore. Bible-believing Christian, the devil doesn't like you. Now, we live in an age where we all like to be liked. Who likes to be liked? We live in the like age group, likes, that's what we judge our, 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 our life on, is how many likes we get. So we like to be liked, and we, we don't like falling out with people. We don't like conflict. Let's, now let's see all the people who don't like conflict. You go to a nice restaurant, your meal comes out, and it's frozen in the middle. The waitress comes along and says, how's your dinner? And you're like, oh, it's just lovely. <laughs> and it's crunching in your mouth. Who are you people? You're like, you're not going to mention it because you just don't like conflicts. All right, who are the people you're like, I'm mad. I want to see the manager. I want my money back. I want a voucher. I want my taxi fare repair. Who are you people? Where are the people in the middle? You're like, if it really push comes to the show, okay. All right, so we're all in those three groups. But you know what, we, we like to be liked. But the reality is, as we've just read from 1 Peter 5 8, is we all have an enemy. Anyone glad I'm back from holidays? And this is the thing the devil, he doesn't just not like you, he's after you. Should we read it again? 1 Peter 5 8, first thing stay alert. Stay alert. Watch out for your, it's not just any enemy, it's a great enemy. The devil, he even gets named. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's roaring around and he's looking for you. He's looking for a family to tear apart. He's looking for a future he can ruin. He's looking for a church he can divide. He's looking for a nation that he can segregate. He's looking for a young person he can plant a seed of addiction inside to ruin their future. The enemy is real and the enemy is looking and prowling around. And maybe all you've ever heard in church or all you've ever heard as a, as a new believer is God loves you. Well, I've come back from vacation to tell you the devil doesn't. The devil doesn't like you. And if you're a passionate, sold-out, spirit-filled, Bible-believing, 
follower of Jesus, the devil has placed a bullseye on your back. And he is constantly looking to attack God's children. Now, his main strategy for attacking us is in one word. It's the word fear. Fear. Fear has been attacking more Christians over the past two years than I've ever experienced in my lifetime. And the enemy's strategy for you and I is that we would live fearful. What's fearful? Full of fear. Backwards. Full of fear. That is his strategy. Fearful. Fear, if you're taking notes, fear is antichrist. We hear a lot about antichrist. Fear is antichrist. It is anti the very nature of Christ. The nature of Christ in John 10.10 talks about the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and live life to the full. So what fear does is fear turns a passionate believer into a paralyzed believer. Okay, if you're writing notes, write this down. Fear turns a passionate believer into a paralyzed believer. Fear paralyzes us, stops us moving forward. Fear stops you enjoying life. Fear stops you taking risks. Fear stops you buying your home. Fear stops you going on a date. Fear stops you applying for the job. Fear stops you moving country. Fear stops you taking a career break. Fear stops you writing the book. Fear stops you holding on to a microphone. Fear is the biggest, biggest enemy that we face, and it's a tactic of the enemy. And when fear takes hold, it paralyzes us. I don't want to burst your bubble, but the devil is not worried about you being a Christian, but he is worried about you being a fearless one. A fearless Christian. And Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. I believe as Christians, even in the times we live, and the fear and the challenge, we can live by a greater power. We can live by a greater force. We have a, need to have a fresh revelation this morning that God's power to every young person, young, every young adult, every family person, that God's power is at work within us. Isaiah 59, 19 says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against it. There's no doubt about it. The enemy has come in like a flood over the last two years with the pandemic and with what's been happening in Ukraine and Russia, what's been happening with the energy crisis and all the things that's happening. The enemy is coming in like a flood, but I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is lifting up a greater standard against it. Now, I have three season tickets, okay? I've got three season tickets right here. One for me, one's missing. Someone has stolen. No, they're stuck together. There we go. I've got three season tickets at Norwich. And these three tickets, they give me three divine rights to three seats in the stadium. And if you try and sit in my seat without my permission, you might get in trouble like the bloke who... No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I got there yesterday. This guy was sitting in my seat and, you know, one thing led to another. And I'm, I'm joking. This is what's happened in the church. This is what Christians have allowed. You have allowed the enemy to sit at your table. They've sat in the seat of your mind. He's sitting in the seat and he's 
giving fear. But fearless living is my divine right as a follower of Jesus. We're going to look at a familiar story of the disciples in the boat with Jesus from Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to read it out and then we're going, to, we're going to share some thoughts around it. But it says, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. You know, this story has gone from a calm evening uh, on the the Sea of Galilee to a life-threatening storm. It says, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. The disciples are in a boat in a storm. It's 3 a.m. And in the middle of the, of the night, a storm attacks them. It says that they cried out in fear. Now, these, were, these weren't just, these weren't just new, newbies to the water. These were fishermen. These were men who'd probably been for decades, grew up on the lake. Um, But this was something that they had never encountered before. You know, it's exactly a picture of what we're encountering right now. We are facing things in our lifetime that no one else has ever faced before. These are new new waters that we're chartering. And like the disciples, fear is attacking us right now in so many forms. Political uncertainty, financial uncertainty, global uncertainty, the threat of war, the threat of increases in all of our energy bills. Yet in this passage, we discover five principles to put into practice when fear attacks. I want to talk for the next four and a half hours on the subject matter, when fear attacks. When fear attacks. Because I have a feeling, and we've been singing about it, that over the last few days and the last couple of weeks, that fear has been attacking. We were meant to start a brand new series today, but we were on vacation I felt God give me this word for today because I felt our church had literally been under attack from fear. Has anyone been attacked by fear over the last few days and weeks with everything that's happened? So I want to speak some life. I want to speak some hope. I want to speak Jesus over every fearful heart, over every fearful mind in this place today. So the message is titled, When Fear Attacks, number one, first principle is this. We've got to keep the outside off the inside. It says in verse 24, the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. The outside of the storm was crashing onto the inside of the boat. A boat will eventually sink when enough of the outside gets involved on the inside. Now come with me here. Our lives will begin to sink when we allow the outside, the storms, the worries, the cares of this world, when we allow the fear of the outside to get on the inside, the boat has the potential to sink. Now I want to share my goal. I've been a bit away and I wrote some goals. This is my goal for the next 12 months. Now, I know that life could get a little rocky for the next 12 months. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So this is my personal goal for the next 12 months. Are you ready? 
and you can join me. I'm not going to allow the outside to get on the inside. Is anyone going to join me? Like, this is the first principle for attacking fear. I want you to hold me accountable. I have got to keep the outside because there is so much uncertainty. There is so much fear. There is so much noise on the outside. I cannot allow it to get on the inside. Everybody at work is talking about recession on the outside. The question is, will you allow it to get on the inside? Everyone on the family WhatsApp chat is talking about the energy crisis and suddenly your boat at home starts filling with the fear of water. The question is, will you allow the outside to get onto the inside? We were on holiday and we were just laying by the pool and just relaxing in the sunshine and I was having a wonderful time and then this bloke from Manchester, God bless them, he wanders over and he says, you know, are you from England? I was like, yeah, where are you from? Norwich. And he starts all the jokes and, you know, anyway. He says, did you know the world's going to end? Did I know the world's going to end? I'm bronzing my toes right now. And for the next five minutes, he gives me every conspiracy imaginable about what's going to happen, nuclear war, and this, 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 and this. And I'm laying there, and my holiday is turning into a nightmare. I don't know what his name was, but call him Barry from Manchester. I said, Barry, it's been lovely to meet you. It's been a real pleasure to meet you, Barry. And I didn't say this, but this is what I said on the inside. I cannot allow the outside to get in on the inside. Because I'm with my family on holiday. And I'm resting. And I know there's a whole lot of negativity. And some of the stuff you're saying could be, might be, should be, might not be true. But here's the thing. I am not going to allow the storm and the waves to crash on the outside to get in my holiday time on the inside. And some of us over the last few days and weeks, we have allowed the media, we have allowed social media, we have allowed the the, the conspiracies of this world on the outside to fill up the inside. And just for a second, just for a second, I started to believe what Barry said. And I laid back and God said, do you remember what I said to my prophet Jeremiah? He says, for I know the thoughts I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not nuclear war, not redundancies, not recession, not lack. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you, John, a future and a hope. You see, it might be happening on the outside, but I've got to make a decision whether I allow the outside to get on the inside. And over the last few weeks, the enemy has allowed Bible-believing Christians to the outside getting it on the inside. And the first sign that your life is sinking is when you allow the fear on the outside to take hold on the inside. 2007, um, I was the youth pastor and uh, Chantal just moved, we just got married, been a year married, and we made the decision that we were moving down to South Africa to help pioneer the church there, and uh, it, it was a really difficult decision, but we had a real peace about it, and mum and dad and the families were really supportive in that decision, and it was, it, it was, it was, a, it was a tough decision. Anyway, um, we came to church, we announced it, and then this really well-meaning gentleman, he came to me and he gave me a DVD. It was Ross Kemp on Gangs. 
And he said, just before you moved to Cape Town, he said, watch this. I hadn't really, I mean, obviously he's the East Enders guy. And so we, we crawl into bed that night and we put the DVD in. Kids, DVD, it's a circle thing that you used to have to put into thing. And just, just have to clarify what that is. Um, So we put, we put the DVD in and we sat in bed and literally our room filled with fear as we watched some of the most notorious gangsters on planet Earth going around Cape Town, terrorizing, murdering, and this prison called Polesmore Prison. And we looked at each other and said, I, I'm not sure that this is where God's called us. God, God's more, God, I'm, I'm sure he's called me to Horsford. I'm sure Horsford is where God has called me. But something inside of us had heard from heaven. We moved down there, and this, this is crazy, but three years later, we were part of a church plant in the very prison that Ross Camp had been in. We moved one mile from that prison. One mile. We were in that prison regularly. We, we, were, we met with some of the most violent men and women on planet Earth and were able to lead them to Jesus. I, I'm telling you, we could tell you story after story. Now, here's the thing. If, if you allow the outside to get on the inside, you will stop the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Because God has called many of you to do things for him, but because of the fear on the outside, it's stopping you moving on the inside. Then we got on the plane. This is a true story. We got on the plane. It was a night flight. We're bawling. We've just left our families, and we're, we're flying down to Cape Town. And there's this, this English family on there, and they're like, what are you doing? We're like, we're moving to Cape Town. They, they said, why on earth would you do that? I'm like, yeah. And again, what happened is the outside started getting on the inside. And by the way, the people who say these things, they're not bad people. And this isn't about bad and good. This is just... It's just they're living on the outside. We're not called to live on the outside. We're called to live on the inside. And I believe that God is going to fill some people here with some inner strength today, some courage on the inside to face whatever happens on the outside this week. I love Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 4.16. He says, therefore, therefore, by the way, anytime you see the word therefore in the Bible, find out what it's there for. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly, we are wasting away. Who knows our world is wasting away right now? Outwardly, there's some things happening in our world that are not good. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Here's the first key. If you want to keep the outside off the inside, you've got to daily renew your soul. You've got to daily find time in God's Word and in His presence. We were on an aeroplane on Thursday, and uh, they always say the same things, don't they? They say, in the event that the cabin loses pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the ceiling above you. First, place the mask over yourself, your own nose, and then assist others. Who's ever heard those wonderful words? Okay, and most of us are switching off. And, but anyway, because we're thinking, oh, we never need to use that. But, but you know, when a plane goes into the air, they adapt the pressure of the cabin on the inside to equalize the pressure on the outside. If not, we would all pass out. They adjust the inside to handle 
the outside. There's too many people passing out right now because of fear, because they have not adapted the inside of their lives to handle the pressures of the outside. Some of you have fallen over. Some of you have fallen over in fear and worry and anxiety. And God is saying today, it's because you haven't adapted the inside to handle the challenges on the outside. And today you've made a really good choice to be in church because we've not come to talk about the troubles of climate change and the energy crisis and the war. We've not come to talk about all the trouble on the outside. We've come here today to adjust the dial on the inside so that we can renew our minds and so we have inner strength to handle whatever happens on the outside this week. So the question is this, what are you going through right now that's getting from the outside to the inside? Could be the mother-in-law, could be the finances, could be the energy crisis, but I know for a lot of people, you've allowed the outside to get in on the inside. You made a great choice today for those joining us online. And here's the good news, greater is he, greater is he. Greater is he. Come on, someone needs to say this. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There may be trouble on the outside, but there is someone greater. There is a greater force on the inside than anything that is happening on the outside. I've come back fired up. You've got to keep the outside off the inside. Come on, we've got four of these. Number two, we've got to keep asking the same question. We're all facing fear right now, and fear is real. I'm not here to underplay fear, by the way. Fear is real. And Peter is faced with a real fear. The fear that Peter faced in that moment was drowning. Drowning. And in this moment of weakness, he asks Jesus a question. And he says this in verse 28. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. In other words, he's asking this question. And this is a question, I want you to write this down, tattoo it on your arm, put it on the fridge, put it on the dog, but put it somewhere because I want you to write this question down and I want you to ask this question when fear starts approaching your boat. And it's this, is Jesus, are you with me? Jesus, are you with me? Peter is standing on the boat, he is facing a storm and he asks this, Jesus, is this you? And every time we're faced or we feel fear, it's the question we need to ask. Jesus, are you still with me? Facing a fear of what will happen next. Jesus, are you with me? Facing the fear of will I be able to pay my bills next month. Jesus, are you with me? Facing the fear of losing my financial stability. Jesus, are you with me? And this is what he says back to Peter. He says there's three words. It is I. It is I. Jesus, I'm a single mom, and I'm struggling. I'm struggling to feed my kids. Jesus, are you with me? It is I. I've got to go to court this week, and I've got to, got to fight for my children as I go through this divorce. Jesus, are you with me? It is I. Jesus' response is always, it is I. You see, what happened in that moment and what happens to us when we remember that Jesus is with us is we go from being fear conscious to Jesus conscious. This is why this question in the middle of the message is crucial. Jesus, are you with me? Because even the storms we're going, even when Brother Barry on the sunbed, he's saying these things, I had to question, Jesus, are you still with me? 
And his response is always, it is I. Jesus will not leave us or forsake us over the next few months. And it was only when Peter became storm conscious and self-conscious that he began to sink. And by the way, Peter did not sink in this story. It's the Bible says he began to sink. Here's the good news. Jesus will not allow you to sink in this crisis. Someone just needs to hear this again. Jesus will not allow you to sink. There might be times that you feel like sinking, but you will not sink. Jesus will hold your hand. He will place a hand. He will pull you up. He will lift you out. Some of you right now, you feel like you're sinking, but you're not sinking. Verse 31 says, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and he took hold of him. The God who has called you is the God who will save you. The same God who called you here will keep you here. The same God who provided in 2021 will provide in 2022. The same God that got you through high school will get you through college. The same God that got you through college will get you through university. God is the same God. He cannot change. He cannot lie. He is on your side. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. With everything that's happening over the next few months, Jesus... Are you with me? And he comes back and he says, it is I. I am with you. The third principle in this story, as we attack, attack back fear, is this. We've got to keep faith in the gap. So says, when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now I want you to imagine this. Peter is standing here on the boat. He's got 11 disciples behind him who are full of fear. Maybe they're shouting things at him like, get back in, stop being stupid, don't be reckless, don't get out of a boat during a storm. They're shouting at him behind. He's got Jesus in front of him who's got his outstretched arm saying, come, come, come. And he's got this tension between the safety of the boat and the promise of God. Some of you are in the gap right now and the gap is the space you're in, where you're at and where you want to be. Is anyone in the gap right now? Anybody can dream. It's free to dream. The dream is free, but the journey isn't. It doesn't take any money, any resources, any sweat to dream big. And by the way, it doesn't take anything big to celebrate. You know when a goal goes in at Cow Road, everybody's celebrating. It's easy to celebrate. The question is, what do you do in the gap between what God's called you to do, what he's placed in your heart, and the moment when it comes to pass? And so we all have these gaps in our lives. Big gaps, small gaps. And the bigger the gap, the bigger the faith. And you've got to make a decision what you choose to fill the gap in in your life. Gaps are dangerous places. Who's ever been on the tube in London? Check this out. Mind the gap. One more time. I love that guy. Mind the gap. Mind the gap, because on the tube in London, there is a gap between your toes and the train. And it's only a tiny little gap, but a child's foot, small adult's foot, Graham Hollinger's foot, someone's little foot like that, that could get caught in the gap. Could get caught in the gap. You might be laughing, but some of you, you're in trouble right now because you're in the gap. Because God's promised you something for your life and it hasn't happened. 
Because we live in the microwave generation. What's the microwave generation? We want it now. And some of you, you're caught in the gap between the dream and the miracle and where you're at. And gaps are very dangerous places. You think gaps in our budgets, gaps in your teeth, decay. Keep moving. Gaps in our dreams. You know, the first time I saw Chantal in 2001, Sydney, Australia, my little Christmas tree. She loves it, really. I'll get home and she's like, I love that. First time I saw her in 2001, to the day I married, it was six years. Six years. There was a six-year gap. Six-year gap. There's a lot of challenges culturally, moving countries, and working through family, working through some of her background, my background. You know, in a life that we've got, to, we've got to make a decision, what do we do in the gap? And Peter had a gap between where he was at and getting to Jesus. And there's two things that can happen in the gap. You can fill it with fear or you can fill it with faith. And some of us right now, we've written off our dreams, we've written off our future because we filled the gap with fear. You know, Jake Humphrey spoke here at the start of the year. It was a brilliant, brilliant interview. And he, he talked about the messy middle, the messy middle. And I think about our new building five or six years ago and when we announced it to the church in 2017 that we're, we're, we're moving into the new building. I thought it would happen in a year or two years. Six years later, and started to go up. Let me tell you, it has been a messy middle. Setbacks. Times I just felt like giving up. Times I was like, is this even worth it? But you just have to keep moving forward. And I want to tell someone here today, don't quit. Someone just to hear needs to hear this today. Don't quit the job. Don't quit the career. Don't quit the club. Don't quit the marriage. Someone just needs to hear right now that you're in a gap between your present reality and where God wants you. But Fill the gap with faith. Fill the gap with faith. John 10.10 says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Where does he do that? He does that in the gap. You know, the smaller the vision, the smaller the gap. If you have a vision for your lunch of a Big Mac at McDonald's, the gap is about 45 minutes from now, four pounds and a thousand calories. Okay, that is, if that is your vision in an hour's time is to have a Big Mac, if you just cannot even think about anything I'm saying, you're just dreaming about Big Macs, okay, if that is the vision for your life, and some of you, you need to hear from heaven right now, don't do it. But here's what's happened. The bigger the vision, the bigger the gap. If you have a big vision for your life, if you want to be a doctor, it's seven years, hard work, moving away from home. If you've got a big vision for your life, don't go to God and get angry when it's a big gap. Someone just needs to hear this because we live in this generation, we want things now. If you, you, know, if you, if you want to do something professionally, it's a big gap. It's hard work. I was 21 years old when I started dreaming and praying about being a pastor. It was 14 years later that God gave Chantel and I the position of leading Soul Church. 14 years. Because the bigger the vision, the bigger the gap. So the question is this, how do we fill it? How do we fill it? We fill it with fear or faith. And in that moment, as Peter stood on the side of the boat, he decided he was going to fill his gap with faith. 
I want to say something right now. It could be slightly controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've stopped watching the news. Now, I check out the news. I check out the news. I hit it a couple of times a day just to see what's happening, but I do not watch it. There is a difference between watching the news and checking it out. And I think we, you know, we have a responsibility to know where we're at in life. But once a day, I think, is enough to, to know what's going on. Why? I'll tell you why I stopped watching the news. And I, we all became kind of like experts in the news during COVID. We were just glued to our televisions, statistics, all those things. But the reason I've stopped watching the news is because my mind wanders. So I start watching the news, and my mind starts wandering, and it starts to create a gap in my mind. The gap is... How does that affect me? How am I going to pay my bills? What does that look like for my children? What's going to happen next? And suddenly my mind wanders into a place that I'm unable to handle. Is anyone else with me here that your mind wanders? So you have to make a decision how much you take in. Now, I'm not talking about stopping. I'm talking about checking it out and watching it. Because it's very easy when you take in so much Twitter and so much Instagram that your mind starts to wonder, how come he's on holiday? How come I don't get a holiday like that? How come he's got the new car? How come he's married? How come I'm... And we spend our whole lives on social media going, how come? How come? Why not? Why does it not happen to me? How come she's lucky? And suddenly we create these gaps. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I'm not good looking enough. Maybe I'm too good looking. Maybe my muscles are too small. Maybe... And we fill the gaps with fear. You know, some of you, you get a flat tire in your car. And you think, I'm going to be late for work. And if I'm late for work, my boss isn't going to like me. If he doesn't like me, he's going to sack me. And if I sack me, I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to have a job. I'm going to be homeless. I'm not going to have a homeless. I'm not going to have any food. I'm not going to food. My kids aren't going to love me. I'm going to be, oh, I might just be a worm. <laughs> you just got a flat tire. But do you see how the mind, I'm just messing around, but can you see how the mind can wander? You've got a spare tire in the back of the car. But the gap creates fear. We all have gaps. The energy cap rise last week, for the first time I started to feel anxious. Not just for us, but for our church family. And I started to fill the gaps of fear. How are we all going to do it? And then God spoke to me. He said this in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. He said, John, if my God is for me, if my God is for me, Jesus, is it you? Who can stand against me? And I want to encourage us in this season to fill the gap. Wherever you are, fill the gap with God's word, not the media's worries. Because the media will constantly feed you with fear. Fear is like a rocking chair. It will give you something to do, but your life will not go anywhere. And too many people are being rocked by fear right now. 2007, 2008, we were living in Cape Town, and we'd, we'd given a year of our lives to serving, and we'd run out of money. We were down to the last 100 pounds. And Chantel and I, it was a Sunday morning, we made a decision that, if, if, if things didn't change, that we were going to speak to the pastors and we were going to come home and book our flights and come home. We'd been there a year and just financially it was, it was just too much. And I said to Chantal, if nothing changes today, we're going home tomorrow. And she agreed it was the sensible thing to do. God does, by the way, God doesn't want us to get in debt to serve him. That's not how God works. God's a provider. And 
so we went to church and it was good. And then there's a guy came up to us. He said, would you like to come around for a braai, for a barbecue afterwards? I was like, a couple who've got no money, we'll take the sausage. Okay, so we, we went around for a barbecue and we had a lovely lunch together. And afterwards he came up. He said, oh, God told me to give you this. He gave us a check. It was a check for 100,000 rand, which was equivalent to 15,000 pounds. He said, I don't really know you. He said, but God told me to give you this. Does, does this make sense? I said, make sense. <laughs> make sense? You have no idea what that means. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. Faith, hang on, hang on, before you clap. Faith is only faith until it's all you're holding on to. Some of you have got savings up to your ears, and you're saying, God, provide for me. Sorry, I've already provided for you. Oh, I don't want to touch my savings. You said it was for rainy day when things got hard. God has already provided for you for the next six months. Come on, we got to trust him. Faith is only faith until it is all you're holding on to. Number four. Number four, as a worship team, come up, come on, come on. You're falling asleep over there. Number four, we've got to keep moving in the right direction. Jesus said to Peter, come. Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on water. Man, if we could go in a time capsule to a part of the, the Bible, who would like to go to that point? Man has walked on hot coals. They've walked to the highest and lowest points of earth. But man has never, to my knowledge, apart from Peter, ever walked on water. When I went to the Sea of Galilee, I gave it a try. I even videoed it. I thought if I can walk on water, maybe it will hit a headline. But I sunk. Okay? But Peter, true story, Peter walked on water. You see, what happens when, what happens when fear gets in? This is what happens to most of us. This is what we do. Ready? Nothing. The 11 other disciples, they were paralyzed in fear. And the enemy's subtle deception is this, stop moving forward. I'm coming back from vacation today to say this, keep moving forward. Someone just needs to hear this today. You know, I'm believing that even in this crisis, our church, financially, we're going to take ground. I'm believing that businesses... We do not live according to the world's economics. We live according... I'm not talking about ignoring facts. I'm not talking about being bad stewards of what God's given us. I'm not talking about being reckless. But we live to a higher authority. God is my provider. God is our source. God will not see you sink in this season. Some of you, you're feeling like you're sinking, but you will not sink. I'm believing that businesses are going to thrive in the next 12 months. I'm believing for supernatural intervention. I'm believing God is going to provide supernaturally for you. Come on, don't quit. Don't give up on your miracle. Don't let fear hold you back. David said, even though I walk through the valley. He didn't say, even when I stop in the valley. He never called us to stop. He said, you've got to keep walking. He's not asking you to sprint. He said, I want you to keep walking. What is holding us back is a spirit of fear. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. You know, I, Chantel and I, we've really taken authority over the last few days over the spirit of fear in our family. We have decided that the spirit of fear is not allowed in our home, which means we've got to shut some doors. 
we've got to shut some doors of the media, negative voices. People, there are people that are trying to get in our home and we're not allowing them. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about voices. Because in this season, you've got to keep the door not ajar. You've got to keep it shut from the enemy because he wants to come in. He wants to come in. It's a spirit. It's a spirit that wants to steal your life. It's a spirit that wants to keep you poor. It's a spirit that will stop you moving forward. And how do you attack the spirit of fear? Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. You've got to keep doubting your doubts and believing your beliefs. And Peter had to shake off the spirit of the other 11. Shake off the spirit of the 11 disciples behind him. I want to encourage you, move towards your Bible. Move towards your prayer closet. Move towards the right voices. Move towards a small group in this season. Even if everyone else is retreating or standing still, I believe the church, we can keep moving. Why? Because Psalm 18, 29 says, hey, with your help, not with the media's help, not with the government's help. The government is not my source in this season. It's not my job to point things at the government. It's my job to open my hands to heaven and say, God, you are my source. I'm not putting it on any political party to provide for me over the next six months. God, you are my source in this season. You are my soul. With your help, I can advance against the truth. With my God, I can scale some walls. There may be some walls to scale, but we will advance. My God is for me. Come on, why don't we stand? My God will not fail me. My God is on my side. Come on, if you believe it today, you're saying, God, you are with me. Come on, if you want to fill that gap in your life, maybe you need to drain some fear. Drain some fear out of the tank right now. And we're going to fill it with some faith from God's Word. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. But soul church, soul church, Bible-believing Christians, it shall not come near you. I have never seen, Psalm 37, 25, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. Philippians 4.19, I declare over our church right now, receive God's word. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Now we're going to build ourselves up right now on the inside. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our hands. Fear right now, I command you to leave people alone. Fear, fear, anxiety, worry. I come against you in the name of Jesus. I come against you in the name of Jesus. Stay out of my home. Stay out of my mind. Stay off my children. Lack, you have no right in our church. We take authority by the name of Jesus right now. I want you to lay hands on your mind right now. Lay hands on your head. David said, you anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. God wants to fill your mind with good things. Good things right now. The media, the outside has been filling your mind with all sorts of cares and concerns. But today, God wants you to remind you that you're His child. You are blessed. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You will lend to many and borrow from no one. Come on, receive it right now. Receive it. 
receive it in Jesus' name. We are protected by Almighty God. We speak the name of Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus. Let God arise. Let His enemies be scattered in Jesus' name. We're going to sing this out. Come on, let's speak His name. to get on the inside. I want you to step out of your seat right now. This is you stepping away. You're going to fill the gap. That's your boat. That's your comfort, your seat. As you step out, you're saying, God, today I'm going to fill my gap with faith. I'm going to not, I'm making a decision today. I'm not going to allow any more of the outside to get on the inside. Come on, step out of your seat. Come and join me down the front. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray God's favor and blessing over you. We're going to pray. That's it. You come. If you've allowed your home to be full of fear, your mind to be full of fear, we're going to keep singing. You step out of your seat. We want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Still more of you need to come. Don't allow fear to keep you in your seat. Don't allow what people think to keep you in your seat. We all have those moments like Peter. Don't, don't, don't think, well, what were the 11 people behind me in the boat? Think about if I come down the front. You move forward. Just everyone look at me from who's down the front. You're watching online. This is for you as well. I, I heard a conversation recently and they were talking about an army officer. And someone, he said to the, he said to the army officer, he said, is the most important thing in warfare to know your enemy? He says, I've heard the most important thing in war, in trouble, is to know your enemy. And the army officer said, it's actually not. He smiled. He said, the most important strategy is not to know your enemy, it's to know your commander in chief. And some of us, we've been so fixated on our enemy and our troubles, we've taken our eyes off the commander-in-chief. You've come here today to be reminded, your commander-in-chief, he's got your back. Whitehall is not my provision. Jesus is my provision. So come on, we're not going to point fingers, we're going to lift holy hands to him. Lift holy hands right now. Lift holy hands. These are sacred moments. I preached a few years, a few months ago about unique fingerprints. When you lift up your hands, they're unique. That means every one of your needs is unique to God. They're unique needs. Holy hands. Holy hands. Your commander-in-chief says all is well. Your commander-in-chief says he's got you. Your commander-in-chief says you will make it. Your Commander-in-Chief says today, do not quit. Your Commander-in-Chief says today that you will be blessed in this season. Your Commander-in-Chief says that you will be a success in Jesus' name. Your Commander-in-Chief says today, I have not given you a spirit of Chief says it's all going to be all right. It's all going to be all right. It's all going to be all right. Turn to the person next to you and say, Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to turn out all right. Every bill's going to be met. God will not forsake me. 
Come on, I'm just, seeing, I'm just speaking the Word of God over you. Because I've got to send you out into that big, dark outside in a few seconds. And that will speak to you, but God's Word's got to be in you. If it's not in you, it can't come out of you. My Word I have hidden in my heart. You've got to get God's Word on the inside. Greater is He that is in me. Come on, get it on the inside. Strengthen the inner man. Strengthen it right now. Hallelujah. You know, you know fear, fear is a powerful enemy. That means we need a powerful ally. And His name is Jesus. And if you want to join me in my really late 2022 New Year's resolution, shouldn't really make New Year's resolutions in September, but here's my New Year's resolution. Please feel free to join me. I want to keep the outside off the inside. Come on. Come on, I want it off. Come on, join me. Join me. I've given up trying to lose weight. I've driven up, given up trying to get to the gym. But come on, I want to keep the outside off the inside. So if you really believe this, I want to speak a powerful prayer over you. You're saying, I'm committed. I'm committed. And that means you might have to shut some doors this week. I'll say that again. It might mean you have to shut some doors. Father, right now, we make a New Year's resolution in September. It's kind of a bit of a new thing, but we broke all the old ones. And it's simply this. We want to keep the outside off the inside. And we can't do that alone, so we need your help. So show us, show us cracks in the pipe where it's getting in. Show us doors that are ajar that need to be shut. Father, because we want to live, we want to keep the gaps in our lives full of faith. We want to advance and keep moving forward. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. There's a business in this room that you've been told will not make it. You've been told this week, there's a business, I don't know where you are, you don't have to put your hand up, you can come and tell me afterwards if you want to, but there's a business that was told this week, could be online, that you will not make it. And God is saying today that you will make it. You will come through. There's going to be a supernatural intervention into your situation. God's going to do something miraculous. And your business is not just going to, your business, your business is, God's not into saving. God's into advancing. So you're not just going to survive this. You're going to come through it. If you're a business owner, just lift up your hand right now. I want to speak over you. Father, I speak life into every small business, every business right now. We've seen the news. We've seen the facts. We've seen all the things around it. But Father, right now, I thank you that you're still our provider. You're still our source. So I speak provision, open doors, contracts, new relationships, Father God, new ideas, new dreams in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is our verse for the week. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly, it feels like the world is wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. There we go. Amen. 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 And well, I just want to pray for one more group of people. And 
You know, living, living without fear begins by opening up your life to Jesus. And uh, just everyone, just stay put just for one second. I know we've gone way over time, but it's good, isn't it? You ever gone to the gym and done a bit extra? Some of you are like, no. We do that little bit extra. You get the rewards for the extra. It's good just to push into God for a little bit. You know, we push into Netflix, don't we? We watch a, we watch a box set and we do it. Oh, let's just do one more. Another hour. And we come to church and we're like, that pastor kept me six minutes late. He does not understand. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. Receive his love, receive his forgiveness. You know, the reality is that we were not designed to go through life on our own. I don't know how people are going through life right now without Jesus. I just don't know how people do it. But we've got that commander-in-chief. Today, you can have a commander-in-chief. You can receive his love. You can receive his grace. And you say, well, John, I'm not good enough to become a Christian. I've done some bad things. Let me tell you, you are in great company because we're all messed up. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And today we're not here to focus on what you've done wrong, but what Jesus has done right for you. Today you can receive his love. You can receive forgiveness of sins. You can receive a, a portion of his love and his faith. You don't have to live in fear, but it starts by opening up your heart to him. I'd just love everyone online, everyone in the room, just to close your eyes and say, John, that's me today. I want to receive the love of Jesus. I want a new start. I've kind of been living life my own way. But today is a new beginning. I'm just simply going to count to three and say, John, that's me. I want to receive his love. Give my life to him. Maybe you've disconnected. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you've wandered. Today you can come back. One, he loves you. Two, have the courage in this moment to respond to him. Three, just slip up your hand nice and high. Say, John, pray for me. God bless you. 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 Beautiful. Anyone else? Say that to me. God bless you. Just lift it up nice and high. Let me pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over here. Amazing. All right, you can put your hands down. Let's say this prayer together out loud. It's going to come up on the screen in front of you at home and in the room. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying. To forgive all my sin and my failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and to live for you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's congratulate everyone who's said that prayer. We want to give you a Bible. And as you head out in just a moment, our team will be out in the atriums and the foyers. They'll be holding a Bible up. Please take a Bible. Next week, we're running a course at our 5 p.m. called Soul Path. And if you've recently made a decision to follow Jesus, you can head on to the Soul Path course. We want to make sure that we're connecting with you, staying in touch. You made a great decision today to be in church. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.